0: What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Sam Dunks, the weekly NBA show over at Slab Stocks. I'm your host, Sam. Today, we are looking at five of the more under-the-radar hot starts from around the league. All of these guys are not household names, but they could start trending in that direction if they keep up what they've been doing through the season's first two weeks. Let's just jump right into it. haven't noticed since he plays for the Orlando Magic and notice respect to my fellow Central Florida brethren. But most people don't pay much attention to the Orlando Magic, even if you live in Central Florida. But you should be paying attention to Cole Anthony, you know, coming into the season. It really sounded around these here parts that the future was revolving around Jalen Suggs and Fultz, and Who could blame the Magic if that was the case? It really just appeared that Cole Anthony was kind of on the back burner for the organization. He had a solid, if unspectacular, rookie year, 13 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, and generally inefficient shooting, which is pretty typical for a rookie guard. Well, then they drafted Jalen Suggs this year. They also brought in RJ Hampton into the guard mix during the back half of last season, and it's a pretty full backcourt with young, high upside players. Anthony then had a pretty crappy summer league and average preseason, and he was maybe looking like a bit of a forgotten man in the backcourt mix there in Orlando. Well, with Markel Fultz still out as he attempts to return from last year's ACL tear, Cole Anthony has been in the starting lineup and absolutely reminding everyone in the organization of why he was a consensus top five high school recruit just two and a half years ago as a starter in each of the Magic's first seven games. He's averaged just shy of 18 points per game along with 7.5 rebounds and nearly 5.5 assists while shooting 42% from three on almost six and a half three-point attempts per game and also shooting an above, average, above, above league average 54% by effective field goal percentage. A really, really solid start for the second-year man. He's proven himself to be the best scorer on this Magic team, a team that has lacked a go-to scorer for several years now. They've built their identity on defensive length, but that's come at the expense of offense, and they've been a bottom 10 offensive unit in the league each year since 2012, including the 29th ranked offensive unit just last season. This season, it's not much better. You know, The team's only 1-6, which was the type of start we expected. But Cole Anthony's emergence has been unexpected, and the team now has the 18th ranked offensive unit in the league so moving in the right direction at least anthony has that type of hyperactive offensive game always working at creating shots for himself he's not afraid at all to drive to the rim and he's converting 53 percent of his shots within five feet of the rim which is very solid for a guard and he's in the 85th percentile of the league as a pick and roll ball handler added on top of all that which he's always been pretty good at, he's now shooting well from deep. You know, the result is a quietly emerging guard down here in Orlando, and it looks like he'll have to be kept in the starting lineup even once Fultz returns. After all, you got to score points. I don't know if this type of run will continue long term, but Cole Anthony has really been impressive so far. His most recent select courtside silver rookie card auction just ended this morning at $76. For a super short printed card like that, seems like good value to me. Still a relatively low cost investment, but the upside on the court might be higher than most people had previously thought, and I imagine he'll start to get more notice from around the collective NBA fanbase here in the short term. Pretty good speculative buy in my opinion. Of course, this is all just my opinion. Next up, we have a couple of young Grizzlies who have been really impressive in the shadow of Ja Morant. First, let's consider DeAnthony Melton. I first brought up Melton in one of my videos back on January 3rd, 2020. At the time, I recommended him as a penny stock type of player, as his Prism Silver rookie cards were auctioning at the time for $5 a pop. If you had listened to me and bought then, here nearly two years later, you'd be sitting on at least $12. Maybe you should start listening more. In all seriousness? He's been really, really good with the Grizzlies, and while I don't think he'll ever be like a significant player in the sports card market, which I also said two years ago, I do think he needs to get a little more love. He's been just tenacious as a defender in his first four years in the NBA. You know, He entered the league with the type of defensive length and IQ that you just can't teach, which has afforded him plenty of minutes right along the way, but it's his development on the other side of the ball that has suddenly turned him into a legitimate NBA starter. You know, one of the downsides of many 3 and D type players, guys that get that label, is that they often can't create for themselves. You know, they can be great at catch and shoot opportunities, but they aren't really a threat with the ball in their hands. You know, those are the types of players that we refer to as 3 and D guys and not legitimate stars last season, Melton really improved his pull-up shooting attack. His first year in Memphis, he shot just 27% on pull-up jumpers and only 17.5% from beyond the arc on pull-up jumpers. You know, He's not the type of player that commanded any sort of attention when the ball was in his hands, which just clogs things up for his teammates. Last year, though, he saw a significant jump in effectiveness. He shot 41.5% on pull-ups, including a very respectable 36% from three-point range on pull-up attempts. Those improvements, they've continued right on into this year, and thus far, the 23-year-old is shooting an above average 54% from the field by effective field goal percentage, and a very, very good 43% from downtown on over six three-point attempts per game. That's resulted in nearly 14 points per game on 30 minutes per night to go along with five rebounds, nearly three assists, and two steals per game as he continues to be just a bulldog defensively. His last Prism Silver PSA 10 rookie card auction ended at $61, which is up about 42% since the beginning of the regular season, although that's with a super small sample size of just two auctions within that time frame. But I do expect him also to start getting more attention, especially as the Grizzlies continue to improve together as a team. Of course, we all know that the two faces of the franchise are Ja Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr., but Melton has become just a perfect fit alongside Morant. We all saw what the Bucks championship run last season how important that type of fit could be with Chris Middleton's game so perfectly aligned with Giannis's, and Melton also just fits alongside Morant like a glove. He takes on the tougher defensive assignments. He is an elite catch-and-shoot three-point shooter capitalizing on jaws, drive, and kicks, and he also now is taking on a bit more of the playmaking role, freeing Morant up considerably. Last year, as a two-man lineup, Morant and Melton combined to produce a net rating of plus 12.6 points per 100 possessions, which is very good, obviously. We should be seeing that replicated again this season as we get further along and build up that sample size. You couldn't be higher on Melton over here, although, again, I should say it, I'm not sure that the wider market will ever really notice, but it certainly should. And then there's another young starter on the wing in Memphis that should also start garnering more attention. And this time, I'm talking about second-year man Desmond Bain. In six starts in nearly 30 minutes per night, Bain has averaged just a hair under 19 points per game Four rebounds, nearly two and a half assists, and a little over a steal per night while shooting an obscene 61% from the field by effective field goal percentage and 43% from downtown on eight and a half three point attempts per game. The shooting, that's not too dissimilar to what he did last year. You know, already as a rookie, he had a well above average 58.6% effective field goal percentage. He also shot 43% from deep on four. Uh, four three-point attempts per game. So while his shooting has been extremely efficient, none of this seems that unsustainable. This is just the type of player that he is. He's doubled his shot attempts, going from 7.3 per game as a rookie to 14.5 attempts per game through six games as a sophomore. But while the attempts have skyrocketed, he's been just as efficient as ever, which means that he's a player that more people really need to start paying attention to quickly. This offseason, the Grizzlies and head coach Taylor Jenkins had Bain working as a point guard, not because that would ever be his role on a Morant-led team, but because they really wanted to develop him into an on-ball threat rather than just an off-ball catch-and-shoot type of scorer. And in the small sample of the season so far, it really looks like the offseason work has paid dividends, and with that three-headed backcourt of Morant, Bain, and Melton, the Grizzlies have the seventh-best offensive ranking in the league by offensive rating. Now, Like with Melton, could not be higher on Desmond Bain. There's just so much to like already about a team that's led by Morant and Jaron Jackson. But when Morant is being flanked by two extremely strong defenders that can not only hit threes, but also create their own opportunities, it's just really fun basketball to watch. They have the type of young uh, young core that fits so incredibly well together in Jenkins' schemes that they should already be in contention for a playoff spot in the Western Conference this year and with a very high ceiling for the future. Now, Dylan Brooks will be coming back at some point, and that certainly could affect Melton and Bain's roles on the team. But I think that the Grizzlies just have to keep this lineup rolling. You know, Brooks naturally likes to play as a volume shooter. Uh, coming off the bench, probably his best role on the team. He can come in with the second unit, jack up like 20 shots, and keep the team afloat while its starters take a breather. You know, that's what I'd like to see happen. Of Of course, there's no guarantee it will play out that way. So you have to be aware of that. But if I were a betting man, I'd say that when Brooks comes back, we'll still be looking at a starting backcourt of Morant, Melton, and Bain. And that's a backcourt I'm very excited about. Bain's last three select courtside silver rookie cards have gone on best offers between $75 and $80. Again, that's the super short printed version of his select rookie card, and they are going for about double of what they were selling for at the beginning of October, so it seems like people are noticing. But as the season progresses and the Grizzlies continue to be one of the more fun NBA League Pass teams, I expect more good things to come in Desmond Bain's basketball card market. That's just what happens when more people start to take notice. Next up, let's head down to San Antonio, where DeJounte Murray has been fantastic through six starts. He's brought 18 points, 8.5 rebounds, nearly 9 assists, and over 2 steals to the table every single night. And to be within spitting distance of averaging a triple-double speaks volumes of his well-rounded game. He's not a threat from deep. He's only hitting 32% of his 3.7 three-point attempts per game, and by effective field goal percentage, he's also below league average. But he just does so much for this team that you can live with those poor shooting splits. He's become a great facilitator. He's always been such a tremendous on-ball defender. Uh, And When paired with Derek White in the backcourt, opposing guards always have a difficult matchup in San Antonio. In addition to that, he's scored over 20 points in his last three games, and with a relative lack of scoring around him on the roster, it's not too far-fetched to think that Murray will be a 20-point-per-game scorer by season's end. Someone's got to score the ball. Now Murray, he's always been a bit of a darling in the sports card market, mostly because every single season he's being tabbed as a breakout player with the Spurs. That sort of happened last season, but now in his sixth year, it looks like the 25-year-old is really making a bit of a leap. Not only improving in his scoring, but increasing his shot attempts, improving on his rebound, and also making a considerable leap in assists as well there's not been any prism silver psa 10 rookie cards of his sold on ebay since october 2nd that auction ended at 285 dollars i'm not sure where his market sits today but it's bound to have seen a significant increase since the beginning of the month i guess we'll just have to wait and see last up for today is a guy that i already talked about last week I don't like to double dip like that usually, but I love him so much that we have to talk about him a little bit more. That's Miles Bridges of the Charlotte Hornets, who after seven starts at the power forward position is averaging just under 25 points, eight rebounds, three assists, and a steal and a half while shooting 59% from the field by effective field goal percentage above average, well above average. Uh, Since I recorded last week, he scored 25 points, 31 points, 22 points, and 19 points. He has yet to have a single digit scoring game this season. He's hoisting up a ton of shots, and he's been very effective in his role on the 5-2 and two Hornets. And part of the reason for his improvement this year is that he's doing more with the ball in his hands. Last season, he barely ever attempted any sort of isolation play, only averaging 0.6 possessions in isolation per game, just under 5% of his total possessions. This year, he's quintupled those attempts with just over 3 isolation possessions per game, and he's in the 70th percentile of scorers in ISO, scoring 1.05 points per possession on those looks. That's exactly the type of transformation that we look for in a player to go from just a complimentary player to a legit offensive threat. We already talked about it this uh, already today, but you know, to go get the job done with the ball in your hands, it's a very difficult skill to find. It's so incredibly important for a contender to have multiple players that can create, and the Hornets now have that. And Miles Bridges, alongside Lamella Ball. He's looking like the most improved player of the year after seven games, which is obviously a super small sample, but he's just done so well here in the early start of the season that you can't discount it. Now, When I recorded last week, the most recent Miles Bridges Prism Silver PSA 10 Rookie Card Auction had ended at just under $200. Well, That's over doubled in the past week, with now the most recent auction sale coming in at $430. That's a crazy jump, but entirely warranted in my opinion. Now, obviously, when a price is jumping like that, it's no longer as good of a buy as it was just 7 days ago. But if Bridges can keep up the pace that he's started the season with, we're going to be having more people flooding into the Miles Bridges market. He's playing such an important role on such a fun team down there in Charlotte. And by the way, this isn't the all-time high for this card either. You know That came last year when he became the full-time starter in April and averaged just about 20 points per game over 16 starts. During that stretch, the Hornets went 6-10. He's doing even better right now and on a team that sits at 5-2. So I like Miles Bridges, and I suspect a lot more people will be jumping on board with him soon, too. know, Good player to keep an eye on. Full disclosure, by the way, I do not own any Miles Bridges cards. I do have him on my fantasy basketball team, and that's been absolutely great. And there you have it. Uh, Those are the five players who are not considered stars by any stretch of the imagination. Not household names yet, but they have been playing like quasi-stars so far. It's always kind of fun to try to identify players uh, that are doing well before the majority of people recognize it. And I think that we might have done that to varying degrees today. So keep your eyes on these five players moving forward to try and figure out what's real, what's fake. Uh, Maybe make a few bucks while you do it. In any case, thank you so much for your time. And we'll see you again next week.